Hello there, and welcome to The Switchboard, hosted by Robert West. This is our uh, fifth quote-unquote episode after our intro, and I'd like to personally thank the two people that downloaded my other podcasts and listened to them. I, I really appreciate that. I hope that you will like, that you will uh, follow my feeds, and that you will enjoy the things that are to come. Um, judging by your emails and your phone calls, I can tell you that nobody was listening except these two people because I haven't received any, so therefore we haven't moved on to any other topics and haven't started looking for people to interview yet. But we most likely will when November comes up, and, and I'm hoping that will be truly exciting. Meanwhile, we'd like to continue with our discussion on words, things that can help you with your life lessons and your jobs and learning um, how to maneuver about in this newly created space, uh, post-COVID, post-hurricanes, post-elections, post-Ukrainian Russian conflict, post-everything else. And if you haven't noticed by now, all of us are dealing with something new and something different. And that brings me to today's topic because it's universal and it's a word called leadership. And we've talked about previous ways to help your life balance and Oddly enough, by supplying something that helps other people's life balances, you can help your own. And leadership is one of those words. And it's, it's an acquired skill. In some cases, it's a natural skill in others. And we've all seen these movies where they say, oh, that guy, yeah, that guy, that woman, that person is a natural born leader. And they are. They have the gene. And you can recognize it, but the gene usually needs to be tapped. It usually needs to be accelerated or incited. And then once it is that leadership gene, as it um, informs other people how to maneuver, how to work, how to develop, how to fight, and whatever it happens to be, whatever application that you're in, um, starts to direct, it starts to remove questions and concerns with other people. So the better your leader is, the more likely someone will follow you because they feel safe to do so. Now, you have to think about that. In a military world, we're taught that we respect the leaders above us and we follow them and, and we try not to uh, upset any rules of nature along the way, which may not be the case in the Ukrainian-Russian conflict, but certainly the case when uh, America normally goes into its military actions. Um, but in our daily lives, where we are moving from a job, or we're moving from house to house, or we're taking our kid to school for the first time in elementary school, middle school, or high school, we unconsciously or consciously use leadership skills. We try to make that event easier for the people involved so that they will all participate wholeheartedly and therefore many hands making light work, everybody gets along. So, you know, you think about like you need back to school supplies and you, and you talk to yourself about your kid going back to school. We use this example and say, yeah, I'm going to send my kid back to school. This could be great. I'm going to have my afternoons off again, which we all know is not the case. But um, we, we say, okay, the kid's got to go back to school. What does the kid need? Well, the kid needs clothes. Okay, so we're going to have to get the kid some clothes. And we're going to have to get him a couple of binders and some pencils and maybe a jacket, you know, and that's great. That's the beginnings of leadership. But if you stop there, you're holding X amount 
And what we want to do is we want to take your X amount of untapped leadership skills and apply those so that they can work within your life balance skills. So you've gone to the point where you got the kid the clothes, but did you consider that you should look at the kid's route to school? How are you going to get them to school? How are you going to get them to school on a rainy day? How are you going to get them home when they've had an emergency? How are you going to deal with an emergency when you can't drive them to school? What is your backup plan? Leaders look this deep. They don't just buy the clothes, buy the books, and send their kids off to school. They engage themselves in all aspects of a decision-making process and start to work with it, but they do it much faster than we do because they don't always have to write them down. They, a true leader can remember that each person has emotions, each person has needs, needs food, needs socks, needs water, needs whatever it happens to be, and they will identify these and build and empower those and place those into their decision-making process. Does a good leader always make good decisions? Nope. No. Patton was a good leader. Did he always make good decisions? Obviously not. You know? Don't look to your political figures to be good leaders. They do not go hand in hand. You are not always in the presence of a good leader that makes good decisions. They may be in charge. That doesn't make them a leader. They may be a senator. That doesn't make them a leader. They might be a president. They're supposed to be a leader, but that doesn't make them a leader. A person who is not an admiral can be a leader. By the nature of the way they make their decisions and how they make their decisions, and I, I think that's truly important. You know, somebody asked me one time for a visual cue on if you had to give something in leadership, if you had to show people something, if you had to recommend something, what would it be visually? And, you know, we always talk about the media on this show, and I'm media-driven. I'm media-oriented. I'm a, I'm a kid of a TV and movie household, so I'm going to go back to a series um, that I discovered in the 2000s. It was on HBO, and it was done by Tom Hanks and Playtone Productions. It was called Band of Brothers, and it's a story about Easy Company moving through... Uh, the stages of World War II from training for D-Day and moving beyond D-Day all the way into 1945. If you were going to watch something once, and you could only watch something once, Band of Brothers would be the leadership skills you should be looking for. The, the way Richard Winters is presented as a character in that story, and then if you have uh, opportunity to get to the DVD versions, and the backstories, you can see things like the home movies and the training that was done with Dale Dye and the rest of the guys and how they developed that leadership program and how they made it, made it come all the way through on camera and all the way through to you. And the quotes that Richard Winters makes and the discussions that he has with his fellow officers on how to lead and the way he talks about it is something that people should watch if they are in positions of leadership and they should take to heart as if it was a safety training video. And I don't mean that in some sort of light, but if you're the type of person that will sit and watch something that's uh, World War II oriented, um, and it's got some incredibly great stars and it's a really great show, then sit through it and learn because in your jobs, you can show leadership skills. You can, you know, you go to the printer and the paper's all over the place and the, 
you know, a box is on the floor and you're tripping over it and you go back there the next day and it's the same way and you go back the next day, it's the same way. You've failed in your leadership skills because you're still willing to trip over the boxes. What you haven't done is take the moment and take the decision to say with the other people you work with, you know, maybe we can put these boxes on shelves and then we won't all be tripping over them. That's a leadership skill and that's a life lesson that you can use when you're talking about buying cars or, or outfitting your cars or even you know going shopping is start to develop these skills, bring other people around you, make them feel like they're part of your team and part of your building process and you will find that this word leadership comes to mind. Now, let's talk about decision making processes because they're always gonna be different, right? I've served on boats for years of serving boats for over 25 years uh, we were uniformed our leadership program was probably much different than something you might find in an office atmosphere we look to our managers to be leaders they're not our department managers are not necessarily leaders they just may not be you've had that type before you go man I need a decision on that the first thing the person says is well, I'll have to check with upstairs, and then I'll have to check with HR, and then I'll have to check with 35 other people. That's not a leader, that's a politician. Those are people that are watching the wind. The leader already knows the qualifications or ramifications for everybody that's underneath him. He knows. He knows what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do, or she knows what you're allowed to do or not allowed to do, or they know, or whatever pronoun it happens to be. They know. A true leader knows. A manager hasn't got a clue. They got to look it up. They got to call somebody. They're great on paper, but when it comes time to talk to you, they stumble. They don't look up from their food. They don't talk to you. These are poor leaders. So we're going to talk about in the next 10 minutes some things that you can look for to help identify and maybe help work your uh, managerial staff that's above you or underneath you into a better leadership program to find ways to train them to become more oriented and things that make a more positive atmosphere so that we all communicate. And that's what we're looking forward to today. So let's talk about the first way to spot a leader and not a manager, and that is working. Your leaders will work with you. They will jump in. They will walk. They will provide you with tools. They will make sure that if you're starting at five o'clock in the morning and the sun doesn't come up till seven, that you have lights and extension cords and that you have prepared for the darkness. If you have 30 people showing up, they'll help make sure that you have parking spaces for those 30 people. These are the type of people that prepare their events. They think about it, they walk out there, they know what they need. Were they born with this? No. They developed a process through life's learning because they had that gene. They had the acquirement gene to acquire the skills to be a leader. So working, working alongside you, knowing your job, being educated on the function of the day, not just coming out and seeing what's going on, taking a few pictures, let's do a selfie with the giant crane and walking away makes you a leader. It doesn't make you a leader. It makes you a loser. Okay. The second thing engagement this does not mean social engagement and let me be very clear about that good leaders 
are not socially engaged as much as you think they are outside of the job at hand. They are socially engaged in the job at hand. They communicate. They check your state to see how you're feeling and how everybody else is feeling because they know that one sick person on a crew of four people working a job takes it down by 25%. They know that. So they know if they can get that guy to feel better or maybe replace that person on that job with somebody that's not sick, they've improved the chances of having a more successful universe. And that is a leadership skill. So when it comes to working with others, you need to be engaged in others. You need to see their physical appearance as a leader. You need to talk to them at least once to see how they're um, uh, speaking, how they're using their sentences that early in the morning, especially if it's an early morning job because that tells you whether their brain's engaged. And if it's not engaged, then there's your leadership skills to engage all of them. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we were briefly interrupted by a little bit of jazz. Um, but it's, it's your job to engage all of them, to test them, to get them to talk, to get them to lift a couple items, to get them to stretch so that they are prepared for the job at hand. And this is engagement. The next thing that leaders need to really learn to work on and you will find is the decision-making process. A lot of people will be given a question, they'll be given a task and they'll say, well, I'll come up with an answer. I'll come up with an answer. You know, we've been, we've been lazy long enough, honestly. Um, yes, anybody at successful business, the first thing they'll tell you is that the more meetings they get rid of, the better productivity goes. Matter of fact, when it comes to your labor force, forget the meetings. Safety training only. You don't need meetings. But what you do need is you need rewards. Rewards are incredibly important. And we will hopefully get to those. But the decision-making process works like this. There is a moment in time where a decision has to be made by a particular leader in an event military situation that can happen in seconds and the ramifications can be millions of dollars billions of dollars lives or even war won or lost but in the business world it's not usually like that however watch any good leader and they will make a decision and they will usually make it fairly quickly and they will stand by it will the decision be right not every time matter of fact if you're lucky if you hit over 50 percent but a good leader normally finds himself in a position, if he survived, to learn from that and help him later on in his snap decisions. The ability to make those snap decisions, the ability to remember the personnel, the, the ability to know where the tools are, the fire extinguishers are, where everything's being stored, what the traffic patterns are. These are advantageous, especially in a more industrial environment, but can they work that way in your life? Absolutely. You can be the leader of your household and you can make the decisions. You can make the decisions to clean out the closet so that you can see every part of the closet so you don't buy an extra vacuum cleaner or you don't buy an extra lounge chair or you don't buy an extra umbrella, right? Because you couldn't find one. The leader will go through their house, learn what's in their house, learn their people, learn everything around them, their animal behavior, and then their decision-making process will be that much easier in their daily life balance. Because good leaders in relaxed mode find themselves with no problems. Things don't 
attack them and incite them in the same manner as other people. They don't surprise them as, other, as much as other people because the leadership gene prepares you for these problems. Now, I talked about rewards, and I want to talk about rewards, and all of this is slightly because we'll get into it later on, but this episode is not going over 20 minutes, and we're near the 16-minute mark, and I appreciate the fact you've been listening this long. Rewards. Good leaders will reward. I'm not talking about necessarily money. How about a compliment? Or how about a little bit of food? Or donuts? Or tacos or a barbecue or a party every now and then or uh, new t-shirts that look really cool for the crew these are rewards and they are given for good production good communication and understanding they're not just given because you feel as some sort of woke individual or manager that it's time to do a picnic no and especially if you are going to do a picnic as a as a manager or as a leader, you better freaking show up because if you're not willing to show up to a reward event for your own crew, you're not a leader. You're not even a good manager at that point. You're dog meat. You're the kind of person that's making really bad decisions because when you go to reward, let's say a group of 1400 people in your industrial crew and you're the superintendent, the first thing you ought to do is show up. And you ought to show up with a prepared speech. And you ought to show up and be ready to recognize people for things that they've done over the year because they will remember that next year. And at some point, you'll ask for a decision. You'll make a decision. You'll say, hey, I need you to do this. And they will look at you and they'll go, no problem, man, I'm in. Because they know you got their back. They know you're watching out for them. They know that your snap decisions, even if they're wrong, don't get anybody hurt. They're willing to follow you into a situation. And when you talk about your life balances and places that you work, I don't care if it's McDonald's, if it's Ernst & Young, if it's uh, you know the city of Lincoln, whatever it happens to be, these leadership skills are all part of the skills that you should be looking at. And if you need to, develop them and move up. Because any manager that's not developing leadership skills while they're going along is a static manager. Oh, they'll move up. They'll move up slowly. But if you really want to move up, lead. Learn those terms. Watch a few movies. Check out some documentaries. Learn some safety videos for the company that you work with. Do these things. Find out about the people around you a little bit and learn their skill sets. And you will start to learn managerial and leadership skills that will help you in life balances. I am Bob West. Hopefully our next episode here, we're going to be uh, joined by a co-host. And we're really looking forward to having her on the show. So this has been The Switchboard. And I appreciate my two listeners that I've had so far and hope to, to double it within the next month. Thank you very much.